All right, I'm going to talk about something very familiar today. But promise me one thing. Promise me you won't shut me out just because you think you know everything about Psalms 23, all right? (laughs) Psalms 23 is the most famous of all the Psalms. It could be the most memorized passage in the Word of God around the world. David uh, most likely wrote Psalms 23. It's the most beautiful poem. It's a biblical poem. There's so much truth in it. The Jewish people study it. You know, other faiths even study it. You know, everybody loves Psalms 23. But uh, the whole purpose of this, I think, is for us to understand our relationship with God with the metaphor of him being a shepherd and us being sheep. He's the shepherd, we're the sheep. Most people can't ever accept they're a sheep. They, 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 they can't live this or understand this metaphor because they, they want to be a racehorse or they want to be a lion or they want to be a bear. They're not going to be a little dependent sheep. But that's what we are. We're the, we're the sheep, he's the shepherd. And Jesus is the most gentle shepherd. The Bible calls him the good shepherd. And uh, if you could really understand, I'm hoping here, I'll, I'll try to pack a lot of it in in a short amount of time. I'm hoping you understand how much he cares for his flock. If you're part of his flock, you need to understand he's guarding you all day long. He, he, he's guarding you all night long. He, he's always looking out for your best interests. He wants you to be healthy and happy. So why don't we open our Bibles and let's, let's read this together. Why don't we stand? Brother Ben had a stand last Sunday and read it. I think we just, if you don't have your Bible, it's on the screen. If you can read that, it's probably pretty small. But Psalms 23, a lot of you know about memory. If you do, just memorize it and quote it with me. I'll be reading out of King James because that's what's the most familiar. Let's do this loud, loud unto the Lord. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Give the Lord a shout for the reading of his word. Amen. You may be seated. It's just a beautiful psalm. So much truth there. That's what we are. We're sheep. Sheep travel in herds. Sheep need care. They, if they're left alone, they will get in trouble. They will get hurt. They will go hungry. They get diseased. They, uh, John 10, Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. That's like a wolf or a cougar or a bear or a coyote coming after the flock. The devil's always coming after you. He said, I am come that they may have life, speaking of his sheep, and they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. That's how much your shepherd loves you and cares about your life. He went to Calvary's cross and died for you. 
He gave himself for you. He, he called himself the good shepherd. He's saying, I'm watching out after you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make sure you prosper. I, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He never promised to make you a millionaire. If people wonder where I stand on this, I do not like the prosperity gospel. It's a bunch of hogwash is what it is. He, he will bless some people and some people, some of the greatest Christians I've ever met in my life do not have an abundance of natural wealth, but they have an abundance of spiritual wealth. And that's the prosperity that he's promised us here. See, Jesus is my shepherd. In John 10, 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Are you following him? Do you hear his voice? Are you aware that he's your shepherd? He's my shepherd. He's my Lord. He's my savior. Do you submit yourself to his care and management? His care and management. We have been bought with the price, the shepherd's own blood. So Jesus gave his life for us to purchase us. He now owns us. That means we don't have a right to ourselves. If you're a Christian today, if you're a born-again Christian, he owns you. There are a lot of born-again Christians that know him as Savior but don't know him as the Lord. They don't want him as the Lord. They don't want him as the master. They don't want him as the manager. They don't want him as a shepherd. They want to go do what they're... So you might be a Christian today, actually, and you're not even under the shepherd's care. Because you have to choose to want to be in his flock. You have to choose to want to be in his presence. I know a lot of Christians that are far, far, far away from the shepherd and his care. And it's dangerous out there because there are coyotes and wolves and cougars and bears. Are y'all following that? Are you aware of the shepherd's presence? Are you aware of it? Do you have to come to church to feel his presence? Are you aware of it 24-7? He's with you, watching you. You're with him. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He's feeding you. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, all we like sheep have gone astray. See, that's what sheep do. They go astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. So, and the Lord hath laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Because we are wayward sheep. Because we have gone astray. Because we have sinned and walking away from God. Jesus came to this earth and the Lord, the Father, put all of our iniquity upon him, the Son. He died on a cross as a substitutionary sacrificial offering. He took my place. He took your place. Our shepherd gave his life for the sheep. See, some people just have a hard time being a sheep. Make me, make me a rhinoceros. Make me a lion. Make me a water buffalo. Make me a white-tailed deer with a beautiful rack of horns. Make me something, but not a sheep. Because sheep aren't the smartest in the world. And they're absolutely need totally dependent upon someone to take care of them. They cannot care for themselves. They're, they're in the cute. I just knew you couldn't, I knew you'd like that. How about that one right there? <laughs> A little carried away my pictures today. Some of us read this Psalms, we say, the Lord is my shepherd. That's really, I don't think the way David said it. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. See, there's a difference there about the tonality you put on it. The Lord. Now, if this was, if David was, was further in the future or today, he would say, Jesus is my shepherd. I don't know who your shepherd is. I don't know who, who's taking care of you, but Jesus is taking care of me. The Lord is my shepherd. 
Think about the magnificent of, magnificence of creation. Think about the creator of the universe and the billions and billions of stars and all the gajillion insects and animals and fish and fowl and plants. Think about all the glory of creation. The one that spoke all that into existence is my shepherd. Are you, are you a part of his flock? Is he your shepherd today? The Lord Jesus is my shepherd. He didn't just save me on a cross 2,000 years ago, but he walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me where to lay my head at night. He, woo, listen to this. The Lord Jesus is my caregiver, my protector, my guide, my master, my counselor. See, some shepherds let their flocks go hungry and they don't worm the animals and they, they get parasites and worms and they're infested with flies because they won't take care of them and uh, they get diseased. And this is a picture of the devil and the hired hands that the, world, the world's full of people, other shepherds. Now, the world really doesn't see their shepherd. There's religion's got these hired hands it's got all these false shepherds and all different type of denominations all over the world. And beloved, you can tell them about the condition of the flock, how well the shepherd's taking care of the sheep. That's a skinny cow. Whoever owns that cow ought to sell it. Because if you, my daddy taught me that if you can't take care of your animals, sell them. They ought to punish him, give him a fine. Look at this one. They got nothing to eat. Not taking care of it. It's probably full of worms. See that there's there's people in the longhorn business I know that let their cows just go wild. And they don't take care of. Them. They don't worm them. They don't give them shots. They don't give them the feed they need. And they're all skinny. And some of them won't, are no apologies. They'll say, "Oh, longhorns are made to be that way." And I'm wanting to slap them upside the head. I really am. But I'm a Christian, so I don't. I just. <laughs> but I'm thinking, man, take care of your animals or get rid of it. A lot. This is a this is a picture of the devil's shepherds, all his under-shepherds in the world, or what happens to flocks when they're cared by the devil. See, in pulpits, you got wolves in sheep's clothing. And Jesus in John 10 called them hired hands. And the hired hands really don't care about the sheep. When the wolf comes, they run away. It, 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 hired hands are religion. Wolves in sheep's clothing produces religious abuse, religious control, religious deception, religious legalism, Bad dogma, idolatry, and the spirit of Jezebel. And that's just what little bit I know about that, that religious spirit out there. In the world, they don't even go to a church. They don't have anybody leading them. Their shepherd's invisible. But you can go over to Portland. You know what it produces? Drug addiction, alcoholism, poverty, sexual immorality, materialism, greed, theft, fights, wars, hate. I see it all the time over there. Why? Because they don't have a shepherd. They, they jump the fence and they don't want anything to do with Jesus. I know if they, revival will come to that neighborhood and people will fall in love with Jesus and submit to his care, we could wipe out drug addiction and alcoholism and extreme poverty and sexual immorality. Jesus came to take all that away from mankind. But not, you have to trust him. You've got to submit to his care. Hired hand, John 10, 12, he says... King James says hireling. NLT tells you what a hireling is. It's just a, an employee, a paid employee. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He'll abandon the sheep because they don't 
belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock and the hired hand runs away because he's working only for money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I could talk about that a lot, but that's what you get. That's a picture of someone in a bad church, someone in a bad religion, someone not in church, just living in the world. And there's a sheep that's pitiful. Disease, probably full of parasites and worms. Many people think they are in his care, but they are not. The church world is full of people that aren't even Christians. Look at this is strong in Matthew 7. Not everyone saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many people will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, in thy name have cast out devils, in thy name done many wonderful works, and he will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Man, those are people doing some mighty good works there. I mean, they're doing some big things for God. But see, they never were part of the flock. The thing I would encourage you to do, man, just make sure you're part of the flock. How do you know if you, how do you become part of the flock? Make him your Savior, accept him as, and your Lord. So when you, when you make him your Lord, you say, Lord, I know you own me, so I'm going to let you govern my life. Not my will, but thine be done. I, not my way, but your way. You just tell me what you want me to do every day. I'm going to stay close to the shepherd. When, you, when you're close to the shepherd and you're aware of his presence, your behavior will change. And people think, oh, that's going to be a miserable life. No, this is the most satisfying, contented life possible when you're close to the shepherd. Now, that's what a cow looks like on my farm. Look how fat that is. It's a heifer. That's a two-year-old heifer. And there's another one here that's even more round than that. See how fat they are? Look at the green grass. That's how you supposed to. Here's the, here's the longhorn heifer. See the, the fatness and the, the, the flesh on the body? That, that means you got to feed them. You, we worm them. We give them vaccinations. We, I, have a, I have a man go look at every cow twice a day. You know, make sure they're all okay. Uh, Liz and I were out there the other day, and a cow was about to have a calf, and there was a coyote. Ten, she hadn't had the calf. He was 10 yards away, and he knew she was about to calf, and he's just sitting there waiting. And, man, we got mad and tried to run. He wouldn't even run off. So went back to the house and got a gun, and now I'm probably, I don't know, 80 yards, and he's moving, it's raining, and I missed my shot. But he ran. He, we put the fear of God in him anyway. I, he, he didn't mess with that calf. But, but cat, you're, you're, you should be, they should, livestock should be fat. But that takes a lot of care to get one that fat. We have, it takes a lot of management. Our herd manager looks every morning at every cow, at every calf. We give them feed. We keep the pastures good good clean water, everything you need to do. Now, when you become part of his flock, he brands you. God will brand us. We're his possession. When uh, the, the sheep herders, what they, they don't put a brand on the sheep, but they, they notch their ear. And this guy named Keller, uh, probably 50 years ago, wrote a book on Psalm 23. He was a, a shepherd. He was a real shepherd of sheep. And he, he had this insight in his book when he bought his first herd, he had to have his own peculiar notch to tell the whole community when those sheep get mixed up on somebody else's land, that's his sheep. So God does that with us. But uh, the Bible says in Mark eight thirty four, whosoever come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. It's the cross is your brand. 
That's the brand of the Christians, the cross. The cross means you're trading your life for his life, your will for his will, your way for his way. You're, you're exchanging that. You're giving up the rights to do whatever you want to do to, for, for, to, for the rights of the shepherd and asking him what he wants you to do with your life. Now look at the brand on this heifer. See that 11 over 17? That means she was the 11th heifer branded that year in 2017. But the big thing's important is on the hip. See the hip, the HL? That means Hudson Longhorns. That means she's mine, and she's always going to be mine. And if somebody, if she gets on another person's land, she's still mine. If somebody steals her, she's still mine. They can't even sell her because of that brand. That means there's a piece of paper goes with her. They would have to sell her for meat prices instead of what she's really worth. You understand that? God, I have to brand them. Sheep get their ear notched. God brands you. When you become part of his flock, he brands you. And the brand's not some uniform or some hairdo. The brand is the cross. You carry the mark of the cross in your life. That means if I've got the cross, that means I'm going to be living in humility. I'm going to be living in love. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be kind. The, the brand is the cross, not my will, but God's will. Now, in the Old Testament, when a master was, a slave was set free in the year of Jubilee, and the slave may go to the master and say, I don't want to go free. I love my master so much, I want to, be, I want to stay with you. And look what they, the Bible said they do in Exodus 21. If the servant plainly say, I love my master, my wife, my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall bring him to the door or unto the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl and shall serve him forever. Man, what in the world? Why did God want him to do it that way? That would hurt, all right? I'm putting my ear up and they're going to they're pierce my ear, really. They're going to drive a nail through my ear. But then that would give a mark that I belong to my master. And beloved, see, this is what people don't like about the Lordship of Christ. They don't want the cross. They don't want to belong. They don't want a brand. They don't want to have to walk in obedience. Beloved, it's the greatest place with the most joy, the most peace, the most love, the most power, the most glory, walking next to your shepherd, branded with the cross of Jesus Christ. I wear the brand of the cross. That's why I do what I do, because I do what pleases him instead of what I want to do. Can you all understand that? The next verse says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Being perfectly content in the good shepherd's care. Being satisfied with Jesus and whatever he gives or whatever, wherever he takes me. Are you satisfied with him today? Again, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives life for the sheep. Some of them do this, though. See them jumping that fence? They want out. I don't want this. <laughs> Some people were raised in church, and it was, the church was so negative and so wrong and so legalistic and bad doctrine that people jumped fenced when they were little. All right, I, all my kids did that. <laughs> I, I saw that. But, you know, you weren't running from the shepherd. You were running from the hireling. You were running from the hired hand. When you, you know it. When the shepherd's caring for you, it takes the jump out of you. You don't even want to jump the fence when you're close to the shepherd. So Jesus is so good that you want to get near him, not away from him, when you're aware of his presence and how wonderful he is. 
the cows, was, they're chewing their cud. During the day, that, in fact, yesterday is pretty cool because my manager never uses this word. But he sent me a text. He went and inspected the herd yesterday evening. On his way home, he sent me a text. The herd is content. I think he's never used that word. And I think this is really cool because, you know, are we content? Are we a flock of sheep content? Are we content with Jesus? Or do we still have to have something else? Is Jesus enough for us or do we need more? Look, Paul said, not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I'm with to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I'm instructed to be full and to hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Do you realize this verse, 1 Philippians, I mean Philippians 4, 13, is one of the most misused verses taken out of context all over the world. Athletes use it. Anybody use it. Oh, I can do all things. Whatever you're going to do, just quote that verse. Paul is talking about he's able to be happy in good times and bad times, in plenty and in poverty. Well, when, when he's being blessed or when he has nothing to eat. You under, Paul's good either way. Whether he's rich or whether he's poor, he's good either way. I can do it all through Christ. Don't take that verse out of context and just use it shooting from the hip any way you want to. We've, we've learned to do that over our lifetime and, and not been corrected by it. And, and it causes a lot of, a lot of wrong, wrong thinking. He said unto them, take, Jesus said this, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. Why am I telling you that? Because uh, if you've got a covetous, greedy spirit, you'll never find contentment. You've got you to finally say, okay, this is enough. I, I've got what I need. I mean, I got a bowl of Cheerios and a banana and a cup of coffee. What more could a man need in the morning time, huh? I got that and Jesus, man, I got everything. Now, I know we need, to, we need money to live and it's, it's, it's all right, but don't make money your God. Look what he said to Timothy. Paul said to Timothy, godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into this world. It's certain we carry nothing out. He's saying there's never been a U-Haul following a hearse to the graveyard. You don't take it with you. Have food and raiment. Let us therewith be content. Has anybody ever preached that before? If you have food and clothing, you should be content with that? No, they don't teach it in the world. They teach a prosperity gospel that says you give to God, he's going to make you a millionaire. He'll give you a Cadillac. He wants to bless you with all this financial stuff. Have they ever read Timothy before? He said, with food and clothing, be content with that. You say, well, brother, you're about to run all your people off. I'm a Bible believer. I don't care what modern doctrine says in the church world. I'm sticking with the Bible. It says, they that will be rich fallen. Amen. That's, that's worth shouting over. They that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and in many foolish, hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they've erred from the faith, pierces himself through with many sorrows. Learn to be content. Content with what we have. Next verse, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm just going to chew the cud. I'm, I'm content. He says, he maketh me lie down in green pastures. 
I'm, I'm going to make them lie down in green pasture by loving on them so much that they'll want to lie there. See, the first thing they got to do is be free of fear. Wolves, coyotes, cougars, bears, whatever parts of the world, they got to be free of fear. If the sheep's looking over its head because there's a devil around every corner or something bad's going to happen to me, they can't rest. Jesus comes, beloved, if you understand, he's there beside you and with you. He's there. The shepherd is with you. You don't have to worry about the devil. You don't have to worry about demons. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to have fear. God didn't give you the spirit of fear. He gave you a power and love and a sound mind. That's the spirit he gave you. Perfect love casteth out fear. So the presence of the shepherd will help you ease your fears. Then you've got to have no conflict with other sheep. If, if sheep are butting heads with each other, you can't lie down and, and be content in the green pastures. So who's trying to be top dog? Quit trying to be, the shepherd has to break up those fights. He's got his staff and his rod and he's got a common. You got to, as long as there's fighting over and jockeying for power and position in a church, we'll never be a people that be content and lie down in green pastures. This should be, humble yourself one to another, the Bible says. The third thing, you got to be free of parasites and pests. And that, that could speak of all the demonic forces out in the world, all the irritations and aggravations and things that trouble. You know, sometimes you get troubled over the least little thing. Sometimes it's a big thing, but sometimes just little things. We just went to Disney World with our grandkids. I love watching my grandkids smile. I didn't love anything about Disney World. <laughs> I'm thinking, who in their right mind would spend this kind of money to be amongst thousands of people all piled in one place. It was just crazy. It really was. Talk about irritating. I was irritated the whole time down there. But I got hundreds of pictures of my grandkids smiling, just smiling ear to ear, man. They got to stand next to Winnie the Pooh and Cinderella and all kind of people. And I got pictures of all of them. And, uh, but see, if you're irritated with, with like flies or parasites or you can't rest, the shepherd will remove that. If you'll humble yourself to him, he'll take all that away from you. And then the fourth thing is you got to be free from hunger. The shepherd knows what you have need of. If you're skinny and scrawny spiritually and you look like those skinny cows or sheep I showed you, you you're, you're in the wrong pasture. You know, under the shepherd's care. If you get near the shepherd, he's going to feed you well. He's going to get you healthy spiritually. You'll, you'll, you'll flourish under his care. He said, I've come that you might have life and to have it more abundantly. One translation says richly, richly, spiritual riches into your life under his management. Now, you see that, the things in her ear? Those are fly tags. It's amazing invention. For, I don't know, seven, eight dollars a piece, you put them in their ear, and somehow or another that keeps the flies off that cow. That's kind of a new invention. Of, for years, we had to get the cows up every couple of weeks and spray them down with fly spray. But the, you can't rest if you fight a fly. A cow can't get any rest if he's, she's fighting flies all the time. Huh? All those horns are sheep? Oh, yeah, that's a female. Liz, wanted want to make sure you knew those cow, our females have horns. Some breeds, it's just the males have horns. 
Those are all females, content, lying down. Green pastures. What's the green pastures? The Word of God. What is The green pa- feast on the Word of God. Lie down and chew the could of the Word of God. Take your Bible every day and read it slowly. Read it prayerfully. Start memorizing the Word of God. Beloved, heaven and earth pass away, but God's Word endures forever. You can't get too much of the Word of God. You should make a discipline in your life every morning that you chew and study and be blessed by the Word of God. And before you go to bed at night, get the Word out again. The faith cometh by hearing and hearing the Word of God. You can't get too much of your Bible. That's the green pastures. He'll get you content where you can lie down and enjoy the green pastures. And the Bible says, he leadeth me beside still waters. Another picture of the word. Come to find out sheep are nervous about a running stream because they carry a lot of wool and they don't swim good. And if they get caught away, they, 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 they water the best in a pool. So good shepherds will find pools for them or ponds. Uh, and the shepherd has to lead them because... The sheep might go, if there's a nasty, muddy pond, they'll go eat and drink out of that. Now, we got one of those in our field. It's not a pond. It's kind of just a low place. And when it's real hot in the summer, it dries up. But over half the year, it's just enough water to where it's muddy and algae on it. It's just nasty, a big area. I'm telling these cows are so stupid, they'll be in drinking out of that place almost every time I go look at them. And I run them. I said, what are, you, what are you doing? We got a big, beautiful lake over here, and you're drinking this nasty stuff. And see, that's the way people are. You'll just drink, drink. You'll turn the TV on and just drink something nasty and then wonder why you don't have the victory. You'll just go out into the world and take in something nasty and wonder why you're unhappy or depressed or angry. Beloved, be careful what you take into your being. Now, the Bible says, he leadeth me beside the still waters. This is the shepherd will lead you to right where he wants you to drink. As pastor of this church, I experience it every week. He leads me to where he wants me to feed you guys. And it's supernatural, and it's just so fun to watch it every week because I see the Holy Spirit guiding my thought pattern. This word lead is, is gentle. To lead, to give rest, to lead with care, lead to a watering place, cause to rest, uh, a place of rest, refresh, leave very gently. Sheep can drown in swift water, so we need this pool. Deuteronomy 32 says, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as rain, my speech shall distill as dew, as small rain upon the tender herb, as showers upon the grass. Doctrine comes as drops, speech is dew. Do you realize a sheep? may not even have to water in a day if there's a good dew. If the dew's heavy enough, they graze early in the morning. If you've got dew on green grass and they eat a lot of that, they won't even have to go to the watering hole. And the God's Word comes as drops, as dew. Uh, so, sometimes you, you want a fire hose just to shoot on you for like 10 minutes and get it all at last year a month. That's not the way it is. This is a relationship with God. So it's always grazing, and it's, every time you're eating green grass, the Word and the Spirit are, are tied together. The Word and the Spirit, there's a balance there, and you eat the dew of the grass of God's Word. It will, it will nourish your water supply. 
That's fascinating. Sheep can go actually several days if the dew's heavy enough well, without going to a pond or a lake. In Song of Solomon, he comes to her. Y'all know it's a famous scripture from my head is filled with dew. That's Jesus talking about his bride, my locks with drops. See, God's always trying to water us. He's always got, man, the church world, they don't see this. The real, the big world out there doesn't see this. It's the most precious, valuable thing you have is that Jesus himself will feed you every day. Every morning, he cares about it. it. Just open your ears and your heart and say, Lord Jesus, I'm ready. I want it. I, I want exactly what you have for me. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. You should love the word of God and have a thirst for the word of God. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. The famous quote, I've shared that with you before from Augustine. O God, thou hast made us for thyself, and our souls are restless, searching till they find their rest in thee. Are you thirsty for God? Are you searching for God? Are you hungry for God? To drink, if you're drinking, that means means believing. That's take in, receive, accept, believe. That's how faith comes as you drink the word of God. He leadeth me beside the still water. This is a famous hymn. I love it. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught. Whatever I do, wherever I be, still tis Christ's hand that leadeth me. If you could understand this, if you're going into pain or if you're going into pleasure, if you're walking up a mountain or walking down a valley, if you're on a cliff with a big precipice, no matter if you understand the shepherd's there and he's leading you, he's got your hand, beloved, you can live life without anxiety, without fear, without worry. He's got this. He's not only next to you, he's got you by the hand and he's taking you right where he wants to take you. Be aware of his presence. He restoreth my soul. That word shuv, it's the same word as return. It's the same word as repent. Return to the starting place. Return again. Restore. He restoreth my soul. You remember when David said, why did I cast down my soul? Why did I disquieted in me? David, David's a man after God's own heart, but he, he got all depressed and all messed up several times. He, his soul was cast down. That's where this word comes from. That's a cast sheep. A cast sheep is a sheep that gets on its back and can't flip over. And it will die if the shepherd doesn't go flip it over. They say as soon as a, if a cast sheep's like that over an hour, the buzzers start circling. And a lot of this, this, this uh, book I read by... Keller, not Tim Keller, another Keller, he, uh, he said the first thing every morning I looked at was the sky because I know if I got a cast sheep, I got buzzards around. And he, he would go look at his herd. This is very common for a sheep to get flipped upside down. It's called a cast sheep. They can't do it by themselves. The other sheep can't flip them over. It takes a shepherd. And I don't know about you, but I've been cast several times in my life. And when he said, thou restorest my soul, that means he, he flips you back up right. I think we think we have to find our way back to God. We think we have to do something. No. If, you're, if you're on your back and you're cast and you're messed up, just cry out the name Jesus. If you'll say, shepherd, my good shepherd, Jesus, come and flip me back around. I pray. He does. This is what God does. He flips you back up. He, he restores your soul. 
He restoreth my soul. It's our mind, our will, our emotions. They get messed up sometimes. I mean, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians, uh, let me go back to that if I there, 1 Corinthians 10, wherefore let him think, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. So if some of y'all are sitting out there smug right now thinking, oh, I would never fall. I've been a Christian so long. I'm God, got this. Man, you're setting yourself up for the kill. You really are. You're just, you'll be upside down before dark, before night. But the shepherd will pick you up. The shepherd will flip you over. He restores my soul. It's beautiful. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. Here we go. He's leading again. Wow. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end there is the way of death. We don't know how to go. The thing you should value the most about your shepherd is he's going to walk you in the paths that you need to walk. The Bible says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Your shepherd is not just going to show you the way. He is the way. You do it through him. He's the shepherd. He's the center. He's the very reason of our existence. Oh, and he's good enough to us to care for us enough to look out for us every day, 24-7. You say, well, isn't Jesus too busy for that? No, this is what he does. <laughs> he, he loves you. You are his sheep. You are his sons and daughters. This is the thing important to him. He values that and he's with you all the time. If you could just become aware of his presence. Open your spiritual eyes and look and see the shepherd is right there with you. Open your spiritual ears and hear his voice. Because he's speaking to you every day of your life if you'll just listen to his voice. Are you walking in righteousness, paths of righteousness? Do you love God and others more than yourself? Are you continually giving to others? Do you love and give to those that cannot give back? Do you forgive quickly? Do you give up your will continually for God's will? Do you question God with why and how long? Do you always keep an attitude of gratitude? Just some things to think about. I'd rather you, for his namesake, there's a whole sermon there. He does it all for his namesake. Then he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me, the rod and the staff, they comfort me. The paths of righteousness will lead you into valleys. The health and wealth gospel will teach you that there's not going to be any valleys, there's not going to be any poverty, there's not going to be any pain, there's not going to be any sickness. That's not the Bible. That's not Bible. The Bible says there's going to be valleys. But the issue is when you go through your valley... Beloved, you don't have to fear one thing because he is with you. I will fear no evil because the shepherd's with me. I might be, let me use you again here. Say the shepherd's leading her. Now let's say it's that we're in a valley and it's totally dark, totally dark. And she's just walking along. You know why she doesn't have to be scared? Because he's got her hand and she's listening to his voice. And he's saying, don't worry. Don't fear. Everything's good. I got this. I created the universe. I I can handle you. I I got this. Y'all follow what I'm saying? If you got fear, it's it's a lack of a it's not it's a lack of awareness of his presence. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He's not saying you're not gonna have a valley, you're gonna have a valley. And and sometimes the shadow of death is in the valley. But you don't have to fear because he's there. The shepherd is there. The presence of Almighty God is there. And his rod and staff will comfort. The rod was a short stick. 
he would beat wild animals with. They also could throw this thing a long ways like a javelin. If, a, if you have a coyote or wolf or something coming, the great shepherds knew how to throw it. Shepherd staffs were there with the hook. One thing, when you're on a precipice, they would grab the lambs and pull them back up. They may, a sheep might be trying to veer to the right. He may take that staff and just put it on his side and walk it down the way to keep it going the right way. Uh, the, these two instruments were weapons. If today he wouldn't have a rod, he would have a 270 over his shoulder, right? I mean, that's what a shepherd would do. Today, you have, you'd have a rifle, anything comes up, you'd shoot it. And I like that picture better. Jesus has got a 270, all right? Jesus, any, anything gets near you, not supposed to get near you, he'll pop it. He will. He'll get rid of that thing. That rod and that staff, the rod was the instrument of authority. The staff was the instrument of comfort. It's a picture of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. The, the staff, the Holy Spirit's here to comfort us, to guide us, to lead us, to instruct us. Uh, the, he's, the staff's always there with me, helping me. And, and, and the rod is there to protect me. We don't have a thing to worry about. If you live your life in fear, if you live your life in worry, beloved, I pray this message somehow gets quickened to your heart that you'd be aware that Jesus Christ is your shepherd and he's right with you and he's going through that thing with you. Whatever it might be. Prepare a table. That word is a mesa. is a Spanish. It means table. Way up on the plateaus every summer, they go on the plateaus. And the enemies prepare, prepare a table, even in the presence of my enemy. What's your enemies? The world, the flesh, and the devil. God will feed you, even though the world, flesh, and the devil are everywhere trying to keep you from that. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, when David wrote this, he was a shepherd boy. There wasn't, the ark hadn't been brought into Jerusalem. There was not a temple yet. And when you really look at the word, what he's saying is, wherever my shepherd is, that's, that's the presence. That's the house. It was probably more like the end pasture, a, a, a stone fence. You know, he sat in the door of it. He just wanted to be where his shepherd was. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That means I will dwell. I mean, I, could, I would love to preach this. And he's talking about church. And y'all need to be in church every time the door opens. But that's really not what he's saying. There was no church back then. He said... I, will be, I want to be in the presence of my shepherd. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I just want to be by my shepherd. That's my reward. People are all caught up over what's your eternal reward. I could care less. I have no ambition eternally other than to be with Jesus. Right now, he's with me. I may not be able to see him. One day, I'll be able to see him face to face, and that is my reward. That's what I live for. It's what I long for. The presence of Jesus is what makes me content. The presence of Jesus is what removes my fears. The presence of Jesus is what satisfies. And beloved, if you can't see him today, start praying, Lord, help me see you. Help me hear you. Help me smell you. I want to walk with an awareness of his presence 24-7. Every appointment I go to, every meeting I'm in, everything I do, I want the awareness that the shepherd's there. I'm branded. I got the cross in my heart. I'm his flock. I, I know him. I know his voice, and I'm going to follow him. 
and I'm going to stay as near him as I possibly can all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. I'm praying that there's so much goodness and mercy and favor in my life that it follows me. And, and whoever, when I die, whatever work I leave behind, that that work will have the goodness and mercy and favor of God follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord for all of eternity. I'm going to be with him. Someone said, are you going to be in the new city, the new heaven, the new earth? I don't care. I, I, don't know what, I don't know how heaven's going to look. I just want to be with him. He's the light of the entire thing. He's the light. The Bible calls him the light of the world. He's the light of eternity. <laughs> he's the light of the city. He, he's everything. He's my creator and my redeemer, and I just want to be near him. Wherever he sends me, whatever he has me do, I'm not stressed over that. I'm not worried about that. I just want him. Uh, I think uh, 80% of our problems in life would probably be solved if we were just aware of the presence of God. He's with us. He's with us. So not only is he with you, he's holding your hand. If you've been fighting him and jumping the fence and pushing and shoving, hey, reach out this morning and just, just take, him, take him by the hand. Let's stand to our feet. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the presence, of the, 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 for the new covenant that your Holy Spirit lives within us, that your word lives within us. Lord God, not only are you within us, but you're without, and you're leading and guiding and protecting and covering us, that you're, you're guarding us, that you're feeding us, that you're watering us, that you're making sure we get rest. Oh, Lord Jesus, I love this life with you. And, and I just pray that you'd further my vision of you, that you'd further my hearing. And, I, and Lord, I pray for everybody in this congregation that, that they too would learn to hear your voice, that they too would see you and sense your presence. And, and Lord, where the worry and the fear and the anxiety would, would be gone in their life, that they would fear nothing, nothing ever again because of your beautiful presence. Jesus, you are the good shepherd. And the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. So we thank you for that very much. And uh, I just pray, Lord, that this message will motivate us to want to seek your presence and, and put our trust and confidence in you in a greater way. You said uh, if we trust in the Lord with all our heart, and lean not into our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you, that you'll direct our paths. Lord, help us do this as you walk us through the valleys and over the mountains and through this thing called life. We love you. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.